This is Aisha from Gals on Road. Just a heads up and a disclaimer before you come for our head tops. As you already know, we are in a pandemic. It's a pandemic! So, bear with us if you hear any bumps, possibly children screaming, and maybe even a lawnmower or two. We've got things to do, so bear with us. We don't have soundproof rooms, but we're making do with what we can. Enjoy the episode. Hey, this is Girls on Road, an all-black female collective that exists to be heard. We're here to proudly represent our different experiences of black womanhood. We're a group of like-minded creatives, and each episode, you're here for three of us. Speaking up today is Hi. Jada and Alia. And this episode's share is our favourite colour. My favourite colour is pink because that is one color that i just just expresses my personality and my style and it's just something about the color i just relate with like when i see it i just say Mm. me (laughs) i've always got to incorporate pink in everything that i do (laughs) i i don't have a favorite color because i like a few colors but everything's very much dependent on my mood so my top three favorites Mm. are black pink and lilac purple yeah no it's more like a lilac purple yeah i can't pick because i know that i really love orange as well seeing yeah i can't pick oh yeah at all i feel like i can dress very different like either be very girly and very feminine or just be like sportswear don't really care about my makeup i'm not like a nails person but it's by force i'm doing it now like yeah, yeah it just it all just depends on my mood so if i had to pick one if i had to I would go for orange, like, I love orange. I feel like it's the one colour that's acceptable, that's vibrant, but I would always, like, sling on, whereas, like, I wouldn't necessarily put a yellow boot on, Mm, if that makes sense. But, like, with orange, I don't know, there's something about it, but, like, a burnt orange kind of of look as well. It's a good, like, safe in-between, I think, than, like, your bright brights, because I get what you mean, like, moods and fashion. It goes with it, and like I love to color coordinate. So obviously, if it doesn't work, then it ain't gonna be my favorite color. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so let's get into it. The check-in, the bit where we talk about our feelings, but for real, for real. How is everyone feeling this week? So I feel like it's a good time to to really share and start the episode with some just real emotions, as we always do. I'm good. I feel quite nonchalant. Like I'm not bad. I'm not good. Mm. <laughs> I'm not great. I'm just okay, like, I'm just, yeah, I'm just very content being nonchalant. Um, Yeah, I think I've been definitely a lot lower during this lockdown, and I'm aware that I'm not in that space anymore, but I'm not, like, way top of the world, like, it's just, this whole thing is just very boring, so I'm not actually forcing myself (laughs) to be the complete opposite of down and low, I'm just allowing myself to be in the middle, which is okay, and given the climate and the conditions of things right now being okay is like the new fantastic because a lot of people aren't so i'm really embracing being nonchalant i love that yeah. line someone needs to get that on the t-shirt <laughs> man being okay being fantastic that is actually so accurate and also i think even without the pandemic that should still be a motto like a hundred percent like life is mad the things that it serves jada um, i would describe this week has like I feel like a scatterbrain you know like when you've been trying to like work not work for something but you've got an idea in your head and you're slowly working towards it blah 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 and the opportunity is being presented to you there and it's whether you just go for it or you keep fascinating that's mm. what I feel right now and it's like I feel like a scatterbrain because that's what's happening with kind of like all my avenues slowly going through like ticking through my to-do list because I have so much 
or I've got like three or four different avenues I don't like it's like my brain's just like okay I need to work on this and when I'm working on that my brain's thinking of the other thing and then the other thing it's just like it's just the most but Mm. other than that you know everything's all right I feel that let's go on to queen of the week where we give flowers to the women bosses that deserve it who is wearing the crown today Jada tell them Um, them. okay I'm gonna keep it really local and I'm going to Mm -hmm. nominate my mother I love that we love that (laughs) I'm going to nominate my mum because I was thinking about this over the past few days when I was reading through and um, I thought, you know what? She started a new job last week and she's been having a really hard time adapting to it. And I think, you know, she actually been, you know, she was having a little, like crying a little bit and I was just looking at her thinking, mum, but she's still like, to me, I'm the different, I'm like, if I don't like something, I'm going to apply for something else and leave and do, do, do. Whereas my mum's not like that. She's very like, she perseveres and she's trying to set up her fruit business on the side. So it's like, I'm just like, I see you as a queen of the week because you've got up every day, you're still determined to get the job done and you're mm. not going to quit, which is something that, you know, I've got that trait. So she's just like, yeah, she's definitely my queen mm. of the week because it's very, it's very inspiring to see. And especially since like, you know, lockdown, as she's just had a new job and it's just like, yeah. just seeing her start, it's like, oh, it feels weird. Like, oh, mum's back at work. She's definitely my queen of the week. Oh, I love that. Yeah, mommy. You have to keep it local, honestly. I love, when you said local, you said mommy. I love it. I love it. It's just too good. It's too good. And best believe, it's funny how we kind of get our traits, but we also differ from our, like, parents or carers in senses. And you see the difference. And yeah. Yeah, it's definitely something to, to celebrate. Big up. Charlene. <laughs> Pick up, Mummy. I love it. <laughs> Let's go into gas girl, gas light, yes girl, yes. What about boosting each other up and acknowledging our achievements, no matter how big or small? Charlene has a great achievement. What has yours been for the kind of past couple of weeks, Jada? Um, I would say once again going back onto like my different avenues, taking baby steps to complete them. I uploaded my first TikTok this week, which is actually a very good achievement because the anxiety levels were like <laughs> oh, through the roof before mm. I uploaded it, but I finally done it. And I recorded my first um, hair YouTube video this time last week because it's like, I finally done it. Like, finally done my first video. I like the fact that we are hearing your process because last time we recorded, obviously, Gas Girl Gas, you were like, okay, my achievement is that I'm like working towards it. Then this episode, it's like, boom, I'm doing oh. it, I've done it. Love to hear it. Love oh, to hear good, the climb. Please say you've gone outside more. Mm, I think just working out more and like really for I forced myself to go for a run, which I can't stand her in. Um, I think part of me like oh. being resistant to this lockdown and just annoyed. I was like, I'm not even working out. There's no point. I'm irritated. And yeah, it really hasn't done any help. It didn't help my mental health at all. I feel like I was really miserable. So just forcing myself to get out there, I feel better for it. And I already look better. Yes. It's weird. Maybe it's just my, me mentally, but I feel like I already can see a difference. I'm like, yeah, no, this is why I do work out. There's obviously like mm. an aspect of it where I'm being vain and I'm like, oh, I want to look like this. But there's also my mental health, which I definitely overlooked. I didn't think I was that person to be like, it's my mental health, but yeah. it, it's, it's proven that it is. Yeah, I feel that. I, I, me too. Me too. <laughs> I have to do it otherwise i just end up in a ditch like so easy and, and again like I'm like surely it's not that deep it's not that deep it's just moving mm. like I'm, I'm okay i don't need that and then i'm like ah okay I've, I've taken like three months break and i i'm feeling shit like every like once every two weeks and then i start exercising again and it changes so much mm, yeah 
mad that is good though that is good i mean it's hard out here obviously home workouts are difficult so we have to afford you for that so i'm about to start like a nine to five creation course for like six Ooh. weeks monday to friday um kind of shook kind of shook because i don't have that routine <laughs> or pattern as everyone knows i haven't had a job since nearly like a year and only be like a year in march so yes that would be it 25 people got it and i think it was like kind of competitive because we had like a whole Zoom where everybody came and then it was like a bit of like an assessment day that they didn't want to call it that. So I could have definitely not got it basically. Okay. So I'm proud of mm. that. That's so good. It's scared, but um. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Nine to five is going to be a massive shock to the system, but I'm gassed by a hundred percent. That's nice. Oh, well done. Thank you. We're going into the group chat where the tea is always hot and the talk stays steaming. This is a moment where we can talk about real things in the real way, providing our different perspectives to the conversations happening on and offline. This particular topic has come up um, recently quite a lot in my in my little walks and talks with my local friends, and it is the categorisation of Black-owned, made stories and produced work, um, like streaming sites, music playlists and platforming, especially in the business world today. I even had like a little focus group recently where we talked about it. What are your thoughts on having like these categories? And do you think it influences us like negatively as well as positive? Uh, do you know what? Personally for me, I pr- I like it because it just, like when I go on Netflix and stuff, I just want to watch black movies and black things. So mm. it kind of does help with the whole fact of like, I can just go straight to that category. I can go straight to that category and just watch strictly black films. But then at the same time, I do sometimes think, like, we kind of should just be mixed in. Yeah. Like, yeah. we shouldn't have to have a category. Sometimes I don't really agree with it because I feel like we should just automatically all be mixed in. But then it makes yeah. it easier for people like me to just go on and watch. It is very hard for our visibility in anything, like, that you, like, look for and stuff and search for. It's quite hard, visibility-wise, to, like, find other black movies. or um, and, and when I say hard, I mean, like, it's not there. When you search movies, the top, Cut like 10 that come up probably don't have black people at the main I, like I'm not saying it's hard to find black people in movies I'm just saying if you were doing a general google search like the top 10 like general movies or tv shows etc that would come up might not and they're more likely not mm. to have a, like have a black actor at the main front of it which which means you know visibility for us isn't as well mm-hmm. as it could be I think the issue is I think this is not like Jada's point into is the fact that when it's categorized say the film when a film is categorized as a black film they're probably not gonna get much recognition they might struggle to get the kind of budget in that non-black films will get they might struggle to get credited for their hard work because it's considered a black film by the terminology a black film it makes it seem as if it Mm -hmm. isn't as good enough as other films that aren't categorized in that way However, mm-hmm. I think recently the beauty in it mm-hmm. is look at Nollywood, look at Bollywood. They're distinctly named Bollywood and Nollywood because yes. they serve their communities. So as a black person, yeah. the whole reason why we have created black movies and black stories are because larger productions, which are usually led by white people, are not willing to tell these stories. Or when they do, it's more so to tick a box and go, here you are, you're represented. But it's not done authentically. It's not done with love. It's not done with care. So we then feel it's necessary just to do it ourselves. So at least, and as a black woman, I can know that, you know, 
I'd hope that by searching for a black film, I would have an all black cast. I would hope that they had mm. black costume makers, black casting, black just that general sense of care for the larger black community. I'd assume that I would get that, whereas I would also assume I wouldn't get that from a film that wasn't black. So um, it works in two parts. In one aspect, it's great. It's kind of just quickly identifying the kind of films you want to see, the stories you want to see, the people you want to see and are able to relate to. But then there's also a part of it that's like, it really shouldn't boil down to race. But until these companies that are white-led diversify their teams, diversify their representation, things aren't going to change and we're not actually going to be happy. So it's one of them. But I think the downside Mm -hmm. is where black is thrown against everything so an artist like say Brie Runway uses the perfect example she's like I'm a pop star but very quickly a lot of people would see that she's a black female artist and assume she's R&B and she's like no I'm a, I'm a pop star because I do popular music so the beauty in her not taking on black music is that she's not allowing people to stereotype her and pigeonhole her which is what can happen to the detriment of like black people's careers in many ways it can be positive but then in other aspects it can be really negative yeah I agree I think it's just difficult because one of the main reasons why I was thinking about it is because I had this thing when we were even making Girls on Road I was like do I put black creatives because do I even want to put that out there because obviously you can see when you come to our page that we're black creatives or do we need it in a black and white sense do you know what yeah I feel like it's not all things have to always be stated but I get why we do it and I I'm, yeah. I don't I'm not mad if someone does because unfortunately yeah, yeah. you would have a black business and you may have like a white business or Asian business or whatever and I just feel like a lot of black businesses get overlooked mm. um, especially small mm. businesses they get overlooked a lot mm. and it's like I feel like because we're on this we're trying to strengthen our community and we want to support each other as much as possible because the rest of the world certainly yeah. ain't it's like if you state you're black owned I'm going to want I'm going to to you because I'm going to want to support my black business yeah. simple and it's nothing personal to anybody else but I just think that it's about time where we sweep it's about time we start Mm -hmm. supporting ourselves and unfortunately we have to be putting black owned so that people know it is because there are businesses out there that you would never Mm -hmm. know is black owned Um, and I just feel like yeah like it's nice like even when you see those directories and it's loads of black owned businesses that do that I'm like why not support ourselves because like I said the rest of the world won't so it's it's for Mm -hmm. us to support ourselves first do you think we should actually encourage each other like I don't agree yeah as a bad thing um yeah agreed I don't I think if we live in a world that was absolutely fair I don't think it would cross our minds to be like we're a black owned business but we just can't ignore the history of oppression and outside of like slavery the way it's manifested today like oppression and the racism is very much Mm. um it's in our society it's weft in ways that we don't even see. So the fact that we have struggled to maintain a significant status in terms of like economical advantages or we've struggled to have enough black businesses mm-hmm. just do well or get loans, just mm-hmm. that isn't it isn't coincidence. It, it isn't a coincidence that we've had that struggle there. There might be other contributing factors, but mm-hmm. ultimately we have been pushed back. We have and we are now taking it upon ourselves to encourage each other, not just those in our smaller communities, our larger communities, to be like, do you know what? They, i.e. people who aren't black, aren't going to put us at the forefront. So we need to put ourselves 
at the forefront. We need to ride for ourselves. We need to ride for each other. I really encourage each other to spend our money within our own community because we do have a great spending power. I think was it wasn't it re- recently they found it was one million was women's spending power. So it's not so right, much a yeah. case of oh we don't buy things. Of course we buy things. We we love luxury as a community. We always have. We've always wanted and aspired to get things that we saw other communities having and enjoying we just felt that we were made to feel as if we weren't worthy of having it so now that we clearly see we have the money to spend it's like well why not put it in the communities that look like you why not put it in the communities that actually are prepared to put you first because clearly we're in on other industries or other communities to put us first isn't happening it hasn't happened it's a tick buck process and yeah there's just too much to ignore in terms of the things that we go through as black people to be like oh we should we don't need to really enforce this black no we do we do let everybody know what's black owned because also there have been occasions where things have been black owned and then they've been bought out by people who weren't of the community i.e the black community and then say the quality changes or you know as a customer services chain those small things aren't just a coincidence like unfortunately there have been many instances where other communities haven't necessarily respected us haven't respected our money haven't respected their time so if we can create that for ourselves then absolutely and if a little small no a little wink wink we're going to look after you is putting black owned business please let me know because i'll be more inclined to spend i completely agree and maybe it's kind of naive to think that we not and no one is saying that we shouldn't mention it by the way that's not that's not what the conversation is at all it's just more that you know are we working towards a place, no matter how like far away, should I say, towards a place in the world where we don't have to kind of have a black section? Or do you think, or do you think that like on Netflix there should always be um, a section with black movies and like it's? I don't. I've never had pushback for people having Bollywood sections or. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like shops dedicated to say Polish food or, um, Jewish. Ba- uh, Jewish yeah. bakeries, do you know what I mean? Like those, I've, I've never heard any pushback regarding that. So, if I'm honest, like, yeah, I, I've, I think black people should actually <laughs> absolutely do it. Yeah, no. So in terms of like practices that we're kind of seeing more, more so, and obviously this isn't this is a new thing, but it is interesting that it does. It almost feels like a new thing every single time it gets pushed in the media which again is wrong but speaking on a particular practice which is black crown Mm. day which is obviously every saturday of the month what are your thoughts on the fact that it's just once a month i do you know what thing about black pound day i think it's such a good concept i don't think it should ever change i don't think it should move the only thing that i have with it is that i feel like we need more you know like i was having this conversation the other day and you know like necessity black businesses a corner shop a supermarket something that because like with black pound day a lot of it is you know like just a lot of it is like businesses like just selling you know loads of a range of different things but i need stuff that i know that i actually use every day and or or majority times at the week and i know it's black owned like not a clothing line not not some not things where i don't like stuff i don't need if that makes sense i need something that like if i'm going to a local shop or a a corner shop i know it's black owned or i'm trying to think Mm -hmm. like if i'm using a cab service i know it's black owned or you know if i'm buying this loaf of bread in Tesco's, i know it's a black owned loaf of bread like things like that i feel like we need to start creating more within our communities and i feel like we need to 
start thinking outside the box. And I feel like those kind of businesses is what will really yeah. push us that little bit more forward in the sense of just having something that's more like universal and something that we all can go to, something that we, we, we can't really, not live without, but we can't really go weekly without, which is like a super, like look at that, during COVID, supermarkets were thriving. But imagine if that was a black owned supermarket, that would have been even better. And I'm sure, like, obviously it's easier said than done, but I'm sure there should be, like, some, you know, people, like, come together, put a little crowdfund together and just create. I think you're right. It would be great. I think it's one of them where it's easier said than done. So black people are just starting yeah. to gain more financial knowledge. And let's be clear, as a, as a whole, we don't, we're, not, we're not a community that has generational wealth. We, we don't. So other communities have generational wealth, generally speaking. Where I see the black community coming into a to a head is like there's a lack of funding there. I really can't see people just throwing their money together mm. and then giving it to a random person to open a store. Like there's got to be some trust there. So if there is a trust from this greater community that someone's going to open a store mm. and do right with the business, actually open the store, it's a bit like, not that it's not going to happen, it's just going to take a little longer I think in Brixton there were, aren't there? There was, from my knowledge, there was black-owned businesses. But I think I know in Brixton they were like closing down some of mm. them. They've like made to like get rid of a particular market, which yeah. is renowned for like mark black-owned markets that ha- sell black produce. So I think businesses that have started, unfortunately, they've always come up against something. There's also the overhead costs. I remember there was like a Caribbean takeaway store, which isn't like out of the ordinary, but. I know one that was local to me, she had to shut down because like the overhead cost is killing me and I don't get businesses regular. This could have just been dependent on where she was. She's like, I don't get businesses regular. I wasn't doing as well. So I think until any individual has enough money to go all in, be able to cover overhead costs for a good amount of time, I think that's where we might struggle. It's a good concept from my understanding. There's a lot of things in regards to costs that make it a lot harder like an average supermarket they also have to deal with theft theft is where you'll lose the most money in any retail having online stores is probably the easiest thing you can do because it's just you there's no electric bill there's no lighting there's no staff there's no security there's no plumbing do you know what i mean like you are absolutely good to go from the jump i definitely (laughs) i definitely agree with what you were saying about the generational wealth thing because even when we look at Asians, for example, in their communities, they literally, like, it's mm. all about keeping it within their community, opening up their businesses, help yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Sense, to build and buy a house mm-hmm. or buy a business. So I get that 100%. It's just, I just feel like, but it's not impossible in the sense of, like, we there is something that we can, yeah. like, we should work, it should just be something we work on. I actually want to go to a business like and use black businesses that i know that i'm going to use regularly i i completely agree with you i would love to see it i think when i look at it i think the black community i laugh the black community the black community is fragmented we are kind of i think we're like very much all for ourselves at the moment we're only just starting to reconnect out with people outside of just our family and I think that has been to the mm. detriment of stuff like that, having shops and building businesses, because as you said, there are Asian communities that just on this on the basis of being Asian, we'll put their money together or on the basis of you being my cousin, you being my cousin, let's put our money together and buy this house. Let's put our money together and get this shop or you've got a shop, you've got a shop. Let's together. That's wonderful. 
I don't think the black community has, has got to a place where we work as well together as what we work alone. And that's an issue. How it's fixed. I'm on Clubhouse all the time. <laughs> and it's just really opened my eyes. Like there's a very big disconnect between black men and black women. And there's a disconnect between black men and other black men. So mm. I don't know. I just reaching a point where everyone's like, come by mm. this black guy wants to build a business or this black woman wants to build a business. That's all giving them money. I just think there's a lack of trust there or just uh people are almost uneasy about the idea it's really it's really sad and it's really weird i don't i actually don't know how i don't know how or when it'll move forward which is why i think people are just kind of doing their own thing and then collectively being like black owned black power day Woo! yeah it's 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 hard i think it's difficult as well because having a place to go for necessities like right now is that would be banging but then this is like sort of like you want people to be able to sell everything and anything and people still want to go to them if that makes sense it's difficult because it's like you want to get necessities especially now because pandemic i cannot be risking like buying something that's like i'm not even risking but i can't buy anything that's like Mm. fun like i have to buy necessity stuff so like i'm so with you there jada like i have to buy like the products i know and like hair products i know will go in my hair every day i can't really be like buying a, a top for example because i've got loads of tops so I'm I'm so with you then again that comes into pandemic lifestyle market is so saturated and it's so difficult to like break into that as well there are hair shops there are hair care brands there are skincare brands I think the shops that you're thinking of like a physical shop I need a bit of bread get this unless I'm absolutely wrong which I could be I genuinely think there there are some I've seen like some in London that pops up on like an Instagram with a page to match. What might have stopped there being a lot more are overhead costs because you've got to pay that rent every single month, regardless of who walks through your door. Yeah. So if you have a dry month, yeah, you've got to know that you can mm. get through it. You've got to know you can pay your staff. You've got 100. to know that you can account for theft. God forbid, and do you know what I mean? There, there are a lot of overhead costs mm. in in regards to opening a store. So I honestly think that's probably mm. the biggest deterrent for people in regards to opening them, but there are definitely other things that we use regularly, which are hair products, what? which are skincare products. There are a lot of black-owned businesses in that department. And jewellery, in fact, like, say you want to buy someone a gift. Like, there are lots of that uh, that I see online. Yeah, without a doubt. Anything to do with, like, that kind of stuff, 100%. There's there's no excuse as to why you should be spending it, I swear. I'm sorry. <laughs> there's enough black businesses where you can buy gifts and get things for people. Yeah. Loads. That's, that's not a problem. We, we're thriving in that. My thing is, we need to start having hair shops. How is it that where we we put the we spend the most money in these hair shops or in that kind of industry, and we're not even owning much? And hair shops is the biggest thing because we have there are loads, there's thousands of independent black people selling their own hair products. That's not the problem, but it's the shops and the putting them all together. Mm. It's like wh- how are we not, and that's not our fault once again because I know another problem is which is really disgusting is. I know that a lot of um, other races also stop black people from starting and thriving. So it's not a thing where black people haven't sat there and thought, oh, let's start a hair shop. So there's setbacks all the way from even buying resources. So I can't entirely... Because you know what I'm saying now? I'm just quickly saying that because I've heard... I was having this debate and I've heard... You know when you hear the the thing of, oh, like, um, when non-black people, they like to say, oh, you know, our parents came to this country and, you know, we made it work basically turn around and say you know black people are always you know 
wallowing in self-pity or you know why don't they stop with the excuses and I think it's it's so internal you like there is there is no excuse we're not sitting here making excuses it's so internal like I said you would try and start a business and have the idea but there's people that are down the line who are stopping you from before you've even you know made it public Mm. so it's a thing of like how Mm. like it's very difficult for us as it is Mm. I wrote a blog post for a friend last year presently discussing the same thing and I said I remembered 20 years ago in Birmingham there was a hair store called Juliet's it was run (laughs) by a black woman called Juliet she was the only large black hair shop that I was aware of um at the time and many of us that lived in Birmingham we all shopped there for our stuff a couple years later a little store popped up called Beauty Queen we were like okay fine it was like a tiny little thing we didn't think much of it and then I remember me and my mum shopping in Juliet's one afternoon and there was a little couple walking around the shop and my mum spotted that they were walking around and picking up products and writing down the prices and she's like what are they doing and then she's like oh my god like they're writing down the prices of all the things in the shop and she told the woman at the front of Juliet's the hair shop and she was a young girl she didn't say anything to them and they carried on and then before I knew it Oh. Juliet's just didn't have as much stock as before and we needed stuff so then we like there was just an occasion where we were like oh we'll have, we'll have to go to the beauty queens and like we need this thing they have Juliet hasn't got it we've gone there and they had absolutely everything and everything they had mm. was cheaper than Juliet's so we started going there and a lot of people started going there and then before I knew it Juliet's was bought out by somebody who was black oh. and then Juliet shut down because she couldn't afford, well, as I said, she was bought out because she couldn't afford the business anymore. I don't, I don't know what the conditions of that were. She was bought out. The prices shut up. Black people weren't happy, and then it shut down. Um, I'm not saying this happened in every single instance. This is just one that I know of. But something like that could potentially have stopped a woman being able to make multiple businesses out of one successful business. She was undercut. She was intentionally mm. undercut. And whilst I look at that and think, oh, God, like, I feel bad that the likes of me and my mum or all these other people would have left shopping with her to shop with somebody else. You're looking at a group of people who are earning significantly less than other people. You're looking at a community that has a higher proportion of single mothers. So can we really afford back then? Could we have afforded to have spent, say, three, four pounds per shop more? It's probably more like when you think about how much you buy, like, say, five pound more, five to ten pound more with Juliet's versus paying less at the time we couldn't we couldn't afford it so we just went with what was cheap and that's how they got us in now we're in a better Mm. position i'll speak for myself only but Mm. i do also think as a community there are some of us that are in a slightly better position in what we're earning black women in particular we are earning more if you can afford to get say our nails and if we can afford to have these small bits of luxury if buying from a black owned store means paying a little bit more than buying from another store i encourage you to do it and that's what i do now well, me and my mum do now and there's a lady store african lady and we buy from her all the time a few of her things are more expensive than this other gentleman we used to shop with but this lady is african she's black and i'd rather spend my money with her that's a luxury that mm-hmm. i have um so, mm. yeah, but those yeah, little things, it might have just been one Juliet in Birmingham, but there's nothing to say that it couldn't have been another instance like that in Manchester, in London. And it puts people off. It, it does, and it puts people off. And like I said, if you're in a position where you can't afford to spend that extra pound here, there, 
you're gonna go where it's cheap that's what has happened yeah. and as you mentioned if you're buying wholesale where you know a couple people there or they're willing to give you a discount because three or four others of you are buying together one juliet buying it by herself she's probably not she's not privy to get those discounts she's not privy to have those friends to get to get that deal so your product is gonna cost more and do you know what i mean you've got to put your you've got to bump mm. your price up to make a profit um yeah mm. it, it's shit to put it simply it's really really shit and you have to bump your prices up because they're overcharging mm. you as well that's another problem with wholesale they'll overcharge you because you're because you are black which makes it worse so you're forced to mm. charge mm. more deals. i think we've also got to be savvy as well like sometimes just ask for it cheaper just ask for it cheaper i think i the one thing i'm an advocate of i want oh, the yes. nerve of men i want the, the nerve of men because men will apply for jobs that they ain't got the qualifications for but they don't give a damn yeah. every single time I, I want that nerve in fact i i can say this i went to a white school and i knew of white boys that just had the nerve just to go for like st- stuff because they were like oh why not that was it she actually like, oh why not i'll just blag it and i was like what <laughs> white men, they're like yeah i'll just blag it oh no i was like okay <laughs> if that's what it takes i want to think like that I'm gonna buy it. I'm sorry, and I, I don't. As a woman, I really don't believe that men are smarter than us. I just think that they go in like with all the chat, all the confidence, and they come out with the results. I'm, ad- I'm literally yeah. adopting that now. If I, if I haven't quite qualified for that job, yeah. I haven't quite got that experience. I'm gonna go in with all guns blazing. Like this is why you need me on your team. This is what I've got. This is my credential. All the nerve. It may not work out for me in every instance, but damn, at least I tried. And it, it could take four occasions, but I'd, I'd strike goals on the fifth. Yeah, <laughs> being a little, oh, you know, just blab it. Especially <laughs> with any opportunity that you as well, you'll be surprised by just doing that extra bit of blabbing from getting yeah. far. <laughs> I've watched it like I physically have like work colleagues yeah. who are under again a male underqualified just chat nonsense and like, they, mm-hmm. they've blacked it and I've watched them make a wholesale pitch to someone and they were lapping it up and I was thinking he's chatting at his ass he's, he's lying I'm in the office in five days a week <laughs> I know what he's doing at uni I know what he does day to day what he's just told you he can do I know he physically can't do he's basically making out he's a manager when he's not like me and him are on the same level but just with the audacity alone to go in there with all that chat, he's lapped it up and done well. I just thought, fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> Fair play to that. No, yeah. honestly, I think as women, sometimes we get yeah, caught in this idea of, oh, we've got to be more and, you know, play it safe. You don't want to seem too brash or blah, blah. And particularly as black women, you don't, black own, let's give them the flowers of dessert. Oh, let's do that then. Let's go on to Treat Smart, finishing the show, which illuminates black excellence. On Instagram, he is called J Angelo. That's J A Y Y A N G E L O. And he's an artist. So he has like a piece with Kobe Bryant. He has a piece with Denzel Washington. There's this really lovely one um, of Marcus Rashford and like a black woman with the afro and like. She's topless and she's got a little bikini on and it's really, really cute, really beautiful artwork. And he also has like a clothing company where his art that he paints is printed on t-shirts too. Um, yeah, he's got really, really cool stuff. So everybody should check him out. That's J Angelo, J-A-Y-Y-A-N-G-E-L-O. As a collective, we are more than a podcast. We also have made a show mixed by our very own DJs, providing the satellite track to your weekend. And once the world resets and all is safe and well, we will be hosting events. So you can book to our mixes. Learn from the conversation. Join the party. You can also follow us on Insta and Twitter. It's Girls on Roads, but like gals, so G-Y-A-L-S.
you've listened to an episode of Girls on Road, where we shared our thoughts, we unpicked social contracts, and most importantly, elevated black excellence. We Bye. Are-